0: Welcome to the three martini lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Karambas of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three martinis coming up. So glad you're with us today. It's Tuesday. It's the three martini lunch. We're brought to you today by Bluevine. Uh, right now, you can head over to getbluevine.com slash martini. If you are looking to open up a line of credit for your business, much more on Bluevine a little bit later in the podcast. Lots to talk about today. But of course, yesterday, Jim, we opened by saying we didn't know enough of the details to talk about Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Being convicted on a couple of counts, being acquitted on a couple of others, but uh, now it's been 24 hours, so we have a little more perspective here. NBC News with the story, although most of you know the details by now. A New York jury has found former Hollywood studio boss Harvey Weinstein guilty of third-degree rape in the case of Jessica Mann and guilty of first-degree sexual assault in the case of Mimi Haley, but acquitting him of the two most serious counts of predatory sex assault. Those two counts of predatory sex assault, which would have required the 12-member jury to find Weinstein guilty of attacking both Sopranos actress Annabella Sciorra and Mann, or both Sciorra and Haley, appeared to be a point of contention late last week. So the jury was hung. We know that uh, on a couple of these charges, uh, that went public. The judge told him to go back and and uh, think about it some more. But uh, they, they certainly couldn't come to a consensus that he was guilty on those things. So the good news, uh, Jim, is that Harvey Weinstein is being held accountable for some of his uh, horrific conduct. In fact, he's even in jail waiting for the sentencing here. But uh, as more prosecutions potentially loom out in California, the most devastating ones either weren't proved or uh, whatever the case may be, he wasn't convicted for them.
1: Yeah, Greg, you began your summary by noting that NBC News reported, uh, did they? <laughs> oh, now they're interested in the story? Okay, glad to hear that. A you know, little late. By the way, it's also worth noting that apparently the prosecution in Los Angeles is going to move ahead with this, so this is not the last time we will see uh, Harvey Weinstein in a courtroom. I don't know if this may be the last time we see him with that walker that uh, he seriously needed because he was in such terrible health and, and oh, oh, this poor man, oh somehow i know it's great he didn't really seem to need it yesterday man he took care of that limp like kaiser soze um, (laughs) which may be a very appropriate metaphor there um so all in all like it is it is indeed good news and there's a lot of reactions yesterday that were in the tone of oh look at the reaction of journalism and a lot of people said well actually journalism enabled harvey weinstein it's not quite correct you know ronan farrow was on his trail it was the reporting of jody Cantor and megan twi in the new york times who really had the big bombshell uh you know ronan farrow really laid out and filled in the details but the extensive ways in which harvey weinstein could strong arm people into staying quiet about him it is justice you know that old saying though justice delayed is justice denied and i don't i can't feel 100 percent happy even though this is our technically our good martini it beats the alternative I know there were a bunch of people who were not certain that the jury was going to convict on this. Uh, Some of the people continued relationships with Weinstein after his abusive acts, and a lot of people said, well, does that indicate it wasn't fully abusive or may have been consensual and all that kind of stuff. Um, A monster is going behind bars, and that is a, a major and important thing. Having said that, the fact that he was able to operate so seemingly openly in Hollywood um, makes this kind of a, a bittersweet day of justice at most, and the sneaking suspicion that perhaps we haven't heard the last uh, tale of a sexual predator in light of you know, Jeffrey Epstein stuff and all the other things we've heard over these, these past two years or so. So, um, good job, jury. Good job, justice system. Good job, prosecutors. Some justice for the victims, but uh, uh, you know, still not a, still a sense that this is a guy who operated pretty freely for a very very long time in this country.
0: Yeah, Hotair pointing out that the max sentence he could get here is 25 years on the sexual assault charge, four more years on the rape charge if they're ordered to be served consecutively, but that's not how they're normally sentenced. So it's probably substantially less than that. But uh, if he is in fact in bad health, uh, they're saying it could potentially be tantamount to a uh, to a life sentence. So we'll see how that uh, turns out. Well, let's talk about better news, and that's uh, help for your business uh, if you need it financially speaking, because growing a business is hard. It takes a whole lot of time. It takes a whole lot of ingenuity. And it takes a lot of help sometimes, especially when your cash flow doesn't match the speed of your growth. Growth is a great thing, but you've got to be able to keep up with it. BlueVine can provide you with access to the fast funding that your business needs with funding solutions tailored to you. Now, BlueVine is an easy, fast way to help support your business growth simply with a line of credit of up to $250,000. So whether you need money to offset upfront costs, secure inventory, pay an unexpected expense, through BlueVine you can help yourself and your business stay secure for any reason. Also, there's no fee to set up your line of credit, and BlueVine never charges maintenance or prepayment fees.
1: Applying is easy. Just go online to get bluevine.com martini, fill out a few simple details, and you're done with your application within a matter of minutes. Seeing an offer will not affect your credit score. And once you're approved, funds can be received as quickly as within 24 hours. Have peace of mind knowing that funds can be drawn with a click of a button for any business expense. Bluevine has helped more than 20,000 customers and has delivered more than $2.5 billion in funds to businesses. BlueVine also has advisors available by phone to answer any questions and to help your business needs.
0: With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly five-star review on Trustpilot, you can now see why thousands of satisfied business owners have chosen BlueVine as their go-to source for financing. And now for listeners of the 3 Martini Lunch, Bluevine is offering a special limited-time promotion of a $100 gift card when you take out a loan or open a line of credit with Bluevine. Go to getbluevine.com/martini for more details. All you have to do is go to getbluevine.com/martini and apply. It's quick, it's easy, and it's meaningful help to your business in as little as 24 hours. This promotional offer is subject to terms and conditions that can also be found at getbluevine.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's talk about other money, specifically all the money that was lost yesterday, not only on Wall Street, but around the world. Uh, BBC talking about this. Now, global financial markets saw some of the sharpest falls in years on Monday after a rise in coronavirus cases, renewed fears about economic slowdown. That's the take of a lot of media outlets. I've seen some saying it was more the bond market than coronavirus. But, Jim, when you see these escalating numbers of cases and critical parts of the global economy, like China, like Italy, like South Korea. Uh, it's only a matter of time before this becomes, for sure, a major economic issue. The Dow Jones lost over 1,000 points yesterday. Biggest one-day drop since February of eighteen. Uh, it also erased uh, all the gains for the year on the Dow. The standard and poor's slid 3.4%. The Nasdaq lost 37 Stocks were pummeled after South Korea reported 231 new cases of coronavirus, China reporting 409 new cases and also a surge in Iran and Italy. So, Jim, we've got lots of numbers uh, piling up here. Um, Not sure exactly what the right protocol is here. It doesn't seem to be a big problem in the United States yet. Hopefully that remains the case. But as we mentioned at the top here, uh, it doesn't just... Affect the United States if it uh, cripples China, cripples South Korea, cripples Italy, some of these other major economic nations. Uh, it's going to affect everybody.
1: The American government appears to be reacting sufficiently so far. Not that that nagging doubt in the back of my mind. Um, Michael Brendan Doherty has a a very good piece in National Review. I would urge people to read. It came out yesterday called "Coronavirus Death by Kowtow, um, which basically took a great deal of, of you know basically take a two by four. To the World Health Organization and to a lot of folks in the U.S. media who emphasize, ah, you're much more likely to worry about the regular flu that people get in winter than from the coronavirus. Well, the first of all, we're still learning about the coronavirus. The authorities are open. They don't know 100% how it's spread. They think it's spread by small droplets in your when you sneeze or you wipe your hands or you wipe your hands on your face or stuff like that. And they think you know hand washing is. 99 times out of 100, that is your most effective tool. Don't touch your face, stuff like that. You know, you listen to people who really know this stuff. They have a certain amount of, uh, I guess, humility, right? a recognition that there are still some unknown unknowns about this. Um, and the general sense of, ah, you know, I mean, if I put it, the way I keep coming back to it is the argument that, you know, the, the, currently the death rate for the flu in the United States is about one in a thousand. So, you know, lots of people get the flu all, you know, in, in the wintertime. You get the flu shot, sometimes you still get the flu. It happens. If I tell you there's one in a thousand chance you're going to die, you're not going to be that worried. You feel pretty good about your odds of being one of those 999 others. If I tell you there's a 23 out of a thousand chance you're going to die, maybe you get a little more nervous. You know, it means most people won't die, thankfully, but, but all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait a second. That's not as, as completely unthinkable here. The number that jumped out to me, Greg, is, is the announcement that kind of made me indicate just how big this is. Hong Kong, which has had a tumultuous year, to say the least, so far, uh, just announced that the cl- schools in Hong Kong will be closed until Easter at, at the earliest. Greg, listeners have heard you and I complain about the snow days here in Fairfax County. Now I'm to having your kids are out of school until Easter. Right? I, I guess we all know what they're giving up for Lent this year, school. education. Yes. Um, that you know that strikes me as a giant flashing neon sign of okay, we're not dealing with a routine um, issue. This is not. This is a much higher issue than SARS. This is a much higher issue than bird flu. Yes, we've had other uh, viral problems in the past, and most of them have passed without significant incident with those of us in the United States. This does not appear to be the same. And also, oh by the way, the economic uh, consequences of this are starting to be reverberating. You probably saw there was a Food and Drug Administration report. 130 drugs are produced in China, and we may face shortages because they're not making them anymore because they haven't shut down the factories. Oh, by the way, China is now, after they've they've basically shut down two of their biggest cities for the better part of uh, three weeks, now China wants to reopen those factories. Now, are they reopening those factories because it's safe, or are they reopening their factories because they really need to get those factories reopened for their economy? I, you know it, look greg what are the odds the chinese government would put economic productivity above the risk to to human beings health pretty high i mean it's yeah, look if there's any if there's anybody we can trust in this process it's certainly got to be the chinese <laughs> government they definitely have the best interest of everybody at heart um you know the fact that we're seeing these similar reactions by groups like the like the italian government um, the, the apparently switzerland had its first case there, there seems to be the sense this is spreading pretty darn fast thankfully it's not killing everybody it touches. If it really is only 2.3%, that good. That, that's, you know, that's not too much you have to worry about. But that's still not exactly anything that's getting too, uh, to, you know, nothing to sneeze at, no pun intended. And oh, by the way, I went through the numbers yesterday. If it really is, t- look, it's a respiratory disease, right? It attacks your lungs. Your lungs have fluid in them. You can't breathe as well. That's what's killing people when they die from the coronavirus, generally. If that, you know, and they're looking, why is the death rate much higher amongst men than it is amongst women? Well, in China, apparently 52% of men over age 15 smoke, Never mind starting at age 18. Um, women in China, for some reason, don't smoke. The rate is down to like two or 3%. Now, if you have a large population of people who've been smoking their whole lives, and as somebody else pointed out to me, and oh, by the way, the air pollution in China is pretty bad also. Now add a viral thing that attacks your lungs to that process. You're gonna have a lot of people having a lot of health problems you know, very, that are very severe. They may not survive it. Their lungs are already in bad shape because of all the smoking they've been doing all their lives. You know, if you estimate the number of people who are over age 60, who've been smoking through most of their lives, you come out with something like 60 million people in China. That's a lot of people who'd be very vulnerable to this sort of thing. So um, again, don't panic anybody, but the sneaking sense one, we've seen the markets get hit really bad. Um, This this could end up being one of the, I think, the most significant event of 2020, and I certainly hope that everybody from the Trump administration and medical professionals, to those who are hoping for the economy to thrive, uh, have some sort of contingency plans in place for this, because this does not appear to be going away very quickly.
0: It doesn't. Uh, Hopefully, protocols are in place, but the fact that it's already jumped into Europe now uh, certainly uh, is concerning. and. With global travel, even when you cancel the flights to China, once, uh, once it's out there, it's, it's pretty hard to contain when people can get anywhere else in the world. All right, well, let's talk about some more good news, and that's 4Patriots, where you can find them at 4 slash martini and find all the great deals, including getting a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. As we always say with 4Patriots, you need to be prepared because you just don't know when the power is going to go out. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X is worth its weight in gold because it has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run all the big appliances like your fridge, your freezer, and medical devices. comes with 12 outlets, including four AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Never needs gas, thanks to that solar panel. Fume-free, silent, and safe. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Visit 4patriots.com slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X, with the free solar panel included. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini. Let's talk about uh, something. Well, it's not... Happier, But it's a a little less severe than the coronavirus. So let's talk about Bernie and let's talk about the debate. Uh, Jim,
1: tonight's debate should have a lower death rate than the coronavirus.
0: (laughs) Well, you'd think so. But but, uh, let's just say the knives will be out. Hopefully that's not a copyright violation from the movie. But uh, Bernie Sanders will have a giant bullseye on him. Maybe the debate ought to be sponsored by Target. But uh, uh, everyone's going to be going after him because it's the last debate before not only South Carolina, but also Super Tuesday. So there's about 15 states they're going to vote before these uh, folks all end up on the same debate stage again. And uh, from... Last night in his town hall with CNN, Bernie's still defending Castro's literacy program and some other things. Uh, he's also decided now how he's going to pay for a bunch of stuff, Jim, and you'll be shocked to know that he's going to raise a lot of taxes. Uh, I mean, he's, he let out this fact sheet yesterday, and it's just mind-boggling. College for all, $2.2 trillion. He's going to pay for it. ...by a modest tax on Wall Street speculation that will raise $2.4 trillion over 10 years. Uh, then he's also going to make sure that everybody pays the same rate on Social Security taxes, because you know it's, it's capped at a certain rate right now. Housing for all? Wealth tax! Universal child care and pre-K? Wealth tax! Same one, I assume. Uh, eliminating medical debt will be paid for by an income inequality tax on large corporations. Uh, the Green New Deal, sixteen point three trillion. He's going to raise three trillion by making the fossil fuel industry pay for their pollution through litigation fees and taxes, uh, and all sorts of other things. On and on and on. That doesn't even get to Medicare for all, but we're not going to go detail by detail here. So basically, Bernie wants all your money, and all the Democrats want to crush Bernie tonight. You got Biden out there uh, saying, "Hey." This guy really wanted to run against Barack in 2012. So, uh, you know, uh, he's not really your friend. And then uh, Pete Buttigieg is trying to uh, claim the anti-socialist mantle. I think it's a little too late for that. But, uh, Jim, what do you expect today?
1: You know, I don't think you will see other Democrats going after Bernie Sanders on tax increases and the fact that he would have to have, you know, enormous tax increases to pass all of his plans. Assuming, of course, that he could find the number of votes he needed in the House to pass it. Uh, and I guess the plan is to pass it through reconciliation because there's no way you're getting 60 votes in the Senate for these sorts of ideas. This should be attacked. I'm sure Donald Trump will tear him to pieces about the, on this issue if, it, uh, if he wins the nomination. But the problem is, is that what, what Bernie is doing here is a really exaggerated version of what is more or less the core democratic philosophy on taxation, which is that we can afford a lot more government if we just raise taxes on the rich. And they're very vague on how they define the rich. They love to talk about the richest 1%. And, you know, there are a bunch of people who are tax policy analysts who say, well, actually, you get down to the, t- the richest 4% are really the problem. And then you get to the, you know, you take your families where anybody's making more than 100 grand or two or two people earning 100 grand, you know, household, two earners, each making 100 grand, you know, in New York City or Los Angeles, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Washington, D.C. area. Um, that might get you a comfortable middle-class, to upper-middle-class lifestyle, but that's not, you know, swimming in in Scrooge McDuck's money bin kind of well. And most of those people don't think of themselves as rich. They're probably best considered as Henry's, eye earners not rich yet. But that, you know, Democrat, if you look at that too hard, the math doesn't add up for Democrats, so they start to freak out. Like, ah, no, 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 we can't do this. Can't, you know, let's not talk about this too much. I do think you'll see, could get really nasty. Earlier today on CNN, one of the advisors to Bloomberg brought up all of his... Looney Tunes and dark and creepy uh, op-eds from the late 60s and early 70s about women's rape fantasies and all that stuff. As I laid it out, the, the thing about all this stuff, that gonna, he's going to say, oh, it's ancient history. Oh, it was a long time ago. It's ancient history because Bernie Sanders is an ancient candidate. And that, you know he did this stuff in his late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and on. So this is, you know, the the strange stuff in Bernie's career. It wasn't something like, oh, he was a crazy teenager or he was a mixed up young man. Most of this stuff, he was, you know, in his 30s and 40s. He only got his first steady paycheck close to age 40. And I just kind of put that out. I'd love to see somebody bring that up tonight to observe. Dear Americans who are over age 40, think about how many steady paychecks you collected by the time you were 40. Those of you who are under age 40... Think about how many steady paychecks you've collected so far. You're ahead of Bernie Sanders. Now, people say, oh, what does that have to do with who he is? Well, I think the fact that Bernie Sanders tried to succeed in America and pretty much failed for the first 20 years of his adult life affected the way he sees it. And ultimately, the heart of the Bernie Sanders message, both for the—I saw this in, in BuzzFeed. It was a very astute assessment. The message of the Bernie Sanders campaign is whatever problems are in your life, it's not your fault it's the problem of america it's america's fault it's the system's fault other people held you down can't find a job can't find health insurance can't find uh, uh you know good child care elder care all this stuff none of this stuff is your fault all of this stuff is the fault of the of society i'm sure there are a lot of cases where that probably is the case where where somebody's been built a, a, dealt a bad break by life and that's really held them back But I think if we're all honest about the state of the world, there are some people who are held back by their own bad choices. They're held back by the fact that they chose not to finish their education. They're held back by the fact that they got in trouble with the law. They're held back by the fact that they developed a drinking problem or a drug problem or other stuff like that. And the entire philosophy of Bernie Sanders is let's not look at any of that stuff. Let's only blame billionaires and billionaires and big businesses. As I pointed out, Greg, he doesn't talk about millionaires anymore because he's a millionaire. this is the guy who laments that there are too many types of deodorants for sale and that America doesn't need all those options for sneakers and stuff like that. This is why his three houses is a legitimate issue. And I really hope Bloomberg digs into this or somebody, any other candidate could dig into this too. The problem with Bernie Sanders is not that he owns the three houses. It's that anytime he sees somebody else with any type of spending that strikes him as uh, excessive, he denounces it as, as conspicuous consumption, as ostentatious, as, a symbol of what is fundamentally unjust about this country. But what he wants, something fancy, like, like a nice lake house. That, no, that, That's perfectly fine. I've earned that. that that's, that's, that's different. And it's the problem is not his three houses, Greg, as I put in the corner the other day. The problem is his two standards.
0: A lot of hypocrisy on the part of Bernie. So, uh, Jim, what do you expect on the stage tonight? We know that uh, Plaid is rad. Tom Steyer is back on the debate <laughs> stage tonight. Yeah. Uh, he, we, he might be the
1: billionaire who jumps in and says, you know, uh, defend Sanders. <laughs> Because he just wants him to say
0: hi. He does. He does. And so you still got Elizabeth Warren, who's clearly just in this thing to nuke Mike Bloomberg at this point, it would seem. Uh, We know that Klobuchar and Buttigieg are going to have at least a a bit of a tussle again tonight. So uh, can can Bernie dodge it? Can Biden uh, get some momentum? Uh, What do you expect tonight?
1: Look, as you and I talked about, the last debate was the most entertaining one of the cycle. It was, I think, the best one of the cycle. The problem is, is that everybody was, was, you know, it was a gang tackle of uh, of Mike Bloomberg. And Mike Bloomberg is not the guy leading this race. Bernie Sanders is the guy leading this race. Everybody on that stage should be turning their fire at Bernie Sanders. And if they don't do that tonight, then I think this is Sanders' uh, uh, race to win. He's going to do respectable in South Carolina. There's a very good chance on Super Tuesday that Bernie Sanders is the only guy who gets delegates out of every single state that's up that day. And if he does that, he's going to win a couple. He'll do respectably everywhere. He's going to get, you know, like a third of the delegates in every state. He's probably going to be fine. Oh, by the way, he's probably going to win California, which has the most delegates at stake. So you add all that up, he's probably got an insurmountable lead, unless these other candidates can change it fast. And, uh, you know, clock's ticking. I wonder in the end, what's really kind of fascinating is, you know, good heavens, this has felt like the longest primary of recent memory. And we've been talking about it for well more than a year, basically since January of, of 2019, Greg all of a sudden it's almost too late. These guys could have been attacking Bernie Sanders at any point and they chose not to. And I wonder if it's a little bit of that philosophy of of the Republican establishment against Trump Oh, eventually he'll have to drop out and then all of his supporters will like me because I took it easy
0: on him. Absolutely. That's why you had all those senators hoping for his endorsement, thinking he wouldn't run again. And then he ended up running again and they uh, were forced to adjust and none of them did a very good job. Which reminds me of yesterday's uh, point that you made, Jim, that uh, 39 out of the 47 Democratic senators haven't endorsed anyone yet. It's probably because about half of them were running. And so now that they're trying to figure out who to go with, they've got to, they've got to tweak their uh, their endorsement a little bit.
1: Apparently, Democrats believe this, the way you stop Bernie Sanders is you complain about him off the record to, to watch the publication. <laughs> Lo and behold, that doesn't work. I put such a devastating, anonymous quote to Politico. How did that not stop him? <laughs>
0: Oh wow! Well, I expect Buttigieg to be the aggressor tonight, at least early on against Bernie. We'll see how well it lasts because uh, you never know. It's you had uh, gifts of uh, battle royales from the WWE uh, on your Twitter feed last week when everybody was going at it. And if uh, if Pete starts swinging, Bernie might be able to deflect some. But if it keeps going, you just know Klobuchar is coming in with the chair. It's just a matter have, of time.
1: Yeah. I might have to go with gifts from like the Hunger Games or something. <laughs> Only a few was a Highlander. There could be only one.
0: We know the McMahons, Vince and Linda, are probably Republicans. Linda certainly ran as a Republican. So uh, if you bring back Vince McMahon to just kind of get set the stage or maybe Michael Buffer tonight, I think that would uh, be appropriate given the uh, the nastiness that's likely to ensue.
1: I was going to say, if Trump felt the need to have a debate in the Republican primary, you know he'd have McMahon (laughs) setting it up. It wouldn't be up on a stage. It would be in a ring.
0: Oh, fun times, at least for now. Jim, we'll see what happens. See you tomorrow.
1: See you tomorrow, Greg.
0: Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please do subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a kind review and lots of stars on your review. Uh, Also, don't forget those home devices. All you have to do is say play three martini lunch podcast and it will play and most of all please join us on wednesday for the next three martini lunch judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com
1: it's my little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy